Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. You know, it seems like every year at this time, I get questions from church leaders like you who are looking for a pastor, a youth pastor, or or maybe another ministry staff role. If you've been in the church world for any amount of time, you know that finding long-term healthy fits for your church is difficult. It's tough, but it's critical to really find the right people to help your church take steps forward. That's why I encourage churches to check out my friends at Chemistry Staffing. Chemistry Staffing is committed to helping churches of all size find long-term healthy fits. In a time when the average pastor stays less than three years or maybe three and a half years, Chemistry is working to help churches like yours find people who will stay for five years or longer. And I'm convinced they can help you do that. Listen, right now, Chemistry's got this great tool just for my listeners. It's a helpful download Uh, to help you in your search process. Go to chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary to get your copy of Chemistry Staffing's Resume Screening Playbook. This is a helpful tool that will literally walk you through how to screen resumes. Super helpful. While you're there, go ahead, sign up for a free 30-minute consultation with the incredible team at Chemistry. They'd love to help churches like yours. Even if you're early in your search process, talk to them. Let's jump in with today's episode. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. I am so glad that you are tuned in today. You know, every week on the podcast, we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you, and today is no exception. Super excited to have a friend who, like I know in the real world, which is so strange. A lot of times I don't know the people that we're uh, talking to, but today, uh, honored to have my friend, Dr. Steve Brown uh, with us. He's with an organization called Arrow Leadership, which you should know. This is an incredible organization for over 30 years. They've been helping leaders uh, find clarity, uh, community and confidence for the greater kingdom impact. They've it really is an amazing organization that's been training people. Uh, they offer a lot of different programs on just you know a whole bunch of different things that hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about a little bit today. Uh, but Steve, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Great to be with you, Rich. Looking forward to it. Why don't we start with you kind of giving us a bit of your own background? Tell us the for you know bring people up to to speed. Uh, who is Steve Brown? And uh, tell us a bit of your story. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Um, the last 17 years, I've been serving with Arrow Leadership, and our heartbeat is to develop Jesus-centered leaders, so leaders who are led more by Jesus, who lead more like Jesus, and who lead more to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So 17 years, the last 10, I've been the president, and um, just love getting to walk alongside and pour into leaders and learn from leaders and see the amazing things they're doing around the world. Uh, I'm married to Lee and dad to three uh, teenagers, so I'm learning lots about youth ministry on the way by here. <laughs> yes. and, um, More than when you were in student ministry. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not as smart, smart now as I thought I was back then. <laughs> so true. Yeah, so true. yeah. and uh, love being outside um, and uh, hiking and running and that kind of stuff uh, for fun. That's fantastic. And so, um, yeah, we'll maybe get back to, to Arrow specifically, but I know recently you've uh, released a book called Jesus Centered, very appropriate, uh, focusing on Jesus in a distracted world. I love this book and I would love folks to pick up a copy or 10 uh, to, uh, you know, to read it. I think it's a great resource. And so if you've been a listener for a while, you know that we don't 
really, I don't find myself often trying to get people to buy books, but this is one you should pick up. In the book, you talk uh, about going to a 100th birthday party, which is amazing, of one of your mentors. Can you kind of retell us that uh, that story a little bit? And and how was that a milestone event that that really impacted you and your your leadership? You don't get many invitations to a 100th birthday party. So when it, when it came <laughs> yes. my way, I'd never been to one before. I was like, I'm in. It took a, buying a plane ticket to get to Pasadena to be part of this birthday, but I wasn't going to miss it. It was this man named Evan Headley. And Evan had been a, a mentor uh, from afar in my life for a number of years. And I wanted to be there. This was his third uh, birthday party. He had one for his family, one for his friends. And this one was for his mentees. So mm. I get to Pasadena and we get to the retirement home and they direct us down to the you know, the banquet room or whatever. And there are over 70 mentees gathered there. Wow. And huh. uh, there was over 100 that were invited. Uh, so I, was, I met like a Hong Kong investment banker, uh, a doctor, a lawyer, pastors. I met a young guy named Evan who was named Evan by his dad, who was a mentee of Evan who's having his wow. 100th birthday party. It was just like, wow. And it, it became the best workshop on mentoring or developing people I've ever been to because each of us, all 70, took the mic and shared how Evan had made an impact in our life. And there were some really cool common factors uh, as we put the microphone around the room. Yeah, I love that. So what, what a vivid picture. Like, I think we all hope that we get to our 100th birthday and would have that kind of, of impact. The fact that, uh, you know, 70 people would travel that distance to come and then actually have, you know, something to contribute. Now, in, in the book, you actually go through uh, the practices that Evan lived out. And as you say, they, they really are the practices of Jesus. Can you kind of talk us through uh, some of those? Give us kind of uh, whet our appetite a little bit for, uh, you know, what, what you learned through uh, that experience. I know that we, you know, we need to, as developers of leaders, be thinking about, you know, leadership pipelines and strategy and kind of mm-hmm. more kind of uh, high high tech stuff, so to speak. But Evan lived out seven principles that Jesus lived out, and they don't take a PhD or kind of a fancy strategy to mm-hmm. to master. Um, Evan uh, loved people, and I've kept voicemails from Evan where he would just leave a voicemail and say, Steve, uh, I love you and I'm praying for you. And as simple as that is, um, I recognize, you know, that's part of Jesus's approach because he loved the disciples. Um, he, he loved them not only with words, and, but with time, with actions. Mm-hmm. And he, mm-hmm. he prayed for them. And mm-hmm. it kind of convicts me because sometimes I ask myself, do I actually love these people who I'm supervising, mm-hmm. who I'm overseeing. Mm-hmm. And to be dead honest, uh, sometimes I've, you know, I see people as vehicles to get stuff done or as obstacles for why we're not getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of thinking about Evans and Jesus's love kind of makes me go, Lord, give me a love for these people. Um, and, and help me to pray for them that, you know, yeah. one of my big jobs as a, as a, team leader is actually be praying for my people. So those are, those are two of them, uh, Rich. And 
I don't know if you want to keep going on the list or what. Yeah, I'd love. So I think that's a great, uh, it's a great reminder. It's a great push for us to be thinking about, hmm, do we, do we love the people that we lead? Do we, uh, you know, do we, do we love the church that we're a part of if we're leading a church? Do we, uh, you know, do we love the, the, uh, the staff that are on us, the volunteers? How, how are you living that out? What does that actually look like for your, as you engage with people? I love the practical tool of, you know, am I praying for people? Uh, are there other things that you're, you know, when you think about about, well, how do I actually work that out, kind of operationalize that uh, with my people, not to get too uh, tactical, but what does that actually look like? How do you, how do you live that out with, uh, with folks? Yeah, I mean, part of it's praying, Lord, give me a love for my team and, and for the right. team members that are maybe harder sometimes mm-hmm. for me to either naturally connect with or where, where there's mm-hmm. some friction in the relationship. Um, I've uh, created a, a, a month chart where I've got two people every day of the week from my team who I pray for. And mm. I'm not, I got to admit, not praying for everybody on my team every day, but right. two a day um, and having it scheduled kind of gets me kind of in this rhythm in the that's, zone. that's yep. doable for me. Um, and then just uh, connecting with people, you know, at work, pausing rather, I'm, I'm often a very task focused guy who's, I want to get mm-hmm. stuff done. I want to climb the next mountain. I want to see God's mm-hmm. work advance. Um, but trying to, pause a little bit, move slower, uh, mm-hmm. ask a few more questions, check in on how people are doing, what they're doing outside of, you know, the office. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just some practical, simple things. Um, and, you know, if, if we keep going, there's that, the other piece yeah. for Evan and Jesus was encouragement. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Evan would say, you know, Steve, I love you. I'm praying for you. And I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. And I would just listen to those voicemails. Um, might sound silly, but they meant like, kind of having this grandpa saying those words is pretty, pretty special. Absolutely. And and Jesus was this master encourager. Um, You know, Peter, you're the rock. Uh, Yes. uh, Nathaniel, (laughs) you know, a true Israelite. Um, John the Baptist, there's no one uh, greater born of a woman. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Daughter, uh, he he says, or your faith has healed you. Uh, He turns Mm -hmm. his miracles back on the person. Like Jesus was his, amazing encourager. And, and sometimes, um, I don't know if this ever happens to anybody else, but I overestimate how encouraging I am and I underestimate <laughs> so true. and I underestimate yes. how much people need encouragement. Mm. And that's a yeah, bad, that's vicious, right? That's a, that's a bad gap there. Yeah. yeah because I'm thinking, you know, sometimes I'm not wired like that. I need to have encouragement all the time. Mm-hmm. So I go, maybe other people, you know, they're, they're just like me and they're not. Um, I underestimate how much people need encouragement and I overestimate how encouraging I am. So yeah, trying to be aware of that has been really important for me. Yeah, that's interesting. One a practical thing in around that that I've uh, I've been through, I'm not actually living this out in this current season, but I've found super helpful is to have the team, my, you know, my, my team members have a stack uh, on my desk of, uh, encouragement cards that are addressed to their home. Um, and I just start at the top, top one and I write a thank you note and every day I do a different one and go through, you know, the entire team. And, and there's always something, the thing that's fascinating about that, you do that for a long time. There's always something that's like within days of what, what that, and it's just random. It's like, it happens to be whoever's at the top of the pile. Steve's at the top of the pile. Oh yeah. There's always something that's like, man, I'm so thankful for this person, for this very specific reason, this thing that they did 
said or who they are, or maybe they said something great in a meeting or, you know, I see them doing something great. Um, and I, I love that the thing I, I was thinking about that while you're talking about praying, I was like, oh, I really should be pairing those two together saying, hey, I want to take some time to encourage you, but then also uh, building a rhythm to be praying regularly. I could see where that, you know, could have a huge impact uh, on folks. Uh, when you think about uh, other leaders that have encouraged you over the years, what are some of those ways that you found particularly encouraging that's been kind of effective for you as, as uh, you know, as you've received that encouragement from others? Yeah, there's different ways people receive encouragement. Some people like to be kind of called out in public. Some people like a, you know, a card. Some people, wow, uh, I got invited to lunch with so-and-so. Um, mm-hmm. So there's different ways for different people. Um, I think, you know, just do it and get doing it right. and learn as you go with people. Um, but for me, um, having uh, senior leaders take time and just mm-hmm. reach out, because uh, mm-hmm. I know how busy some of the folks are around me and for them to reach out, to, to send a note to, you know, those notes that you talk about sending Rich to your team, I find that they arrive in providential timing. That, oh, absolutely. That you, sure. you know, the person goes to their mailbox on the day that they like desperately needed encouragement and bingo, God has, has encouraged them through you. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a, another senior leader, I, he knew me when I, I was in a pretty big jam and uh, was kind of underwater. And it was, mm. it was now about eight years later and I was sharing kind of how far we'd come. And he mm-hmm. came up to the front of the room in front of a whole bunch of people I was making this kind of pitch to. And he said, I just want to say right now, Steve, when you came to see me eight years ago, you were underwater and you didn't probably know what you were doing or how you're going to get out of this. <laughs> and I just want to tell you what I just heard was, was God providing and using you and growing mm-hmm. you. And mm-hmm. I just want you to breathe in for a minute, Steve. And it was kind of like a bit odd or awkward, like in front of a room yes, full of yes, people. Yes. But at the same time, it was this beautiful moment of, of this mentor saying, Steve, breathe in for a minute. Think about mm-hmm. what God's done. Help give right. me a new perspective. And, right. and that's another one kind of, you know, Evan was this, this man of perspective. And um, I remember being uh, 40 and feeling, you know, family and ministry. I just felt the weight of the world on me. So I said, why don't I call Evan? So he was in his Mm -hmm. 90s at this point. And I said, Evan, do you remember back when you're in your 40s? Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, not really. (laughs) And it wasn't that his memory was gone. He was like sharp as a tack. But when I told him about all, you know, all these pressures, he goes, no, not really. And it was actually wonderful perspective. Because here I was in this knot and, and then kind of going, Evan in his 90s isn't still in a knot. Uh, right. He's not even remembering that stuff. <laughs> so I asked him, Evan, what would you do different in your 40s? Because I wanted to kind of get something from yeah. him. And he goes, that's easy. And I said, what? <laughs> I'd love people more. Hmm. Interesting. Good words from, uh, you know, the rocking chair at the retirement home. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and again, Jesus, the master of perspective, uh, asking questions that would make people think and just show them a different kind of side of things. Love it. Well, so, you know, writing a book, it's a lot of time, effort, and energy. And then, 
you know, you then end up out and you're talking to people like me, trying to get people to buy it and all of that. How are you, um, you know, hoping that leaders will use this book or seeing that leaders will use this book? To me, it struck me as the kind of thing that would be great as a leadership team to go through together. Um, you know, it, it could be a, a great tool in that kind of environment. But how do you picture it being used in, uh, in, in churches or organizations? Yeah, Rich, I'm, I'm, I've always been a consumer of leadership stuff. Anything I can learn, um, sure. you know, get my hands on a conference, uh, you know, the latest and greatest book, um, think mm. or whatever. And I've learned a ton of stuff uh, from all of that. Um, but I keep coming back to uh, the best we got is Jesus. There's, mm. there's nobody mm-hmm. better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, John Stott um, says, uh, we talk about Charles the Great and Napoleon the Great and Alexander the Great, but not Jesus the Great. And John Stott mm-hmm. goes on and he says, Jesus is not the Great. He is the only. He has no mm-hmm. rival. Oh, that's good. He has no successor. And that is actually refreshing to me because I can get mm-hmm. distracted, you know, chasing after the, the latest whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I can get dismissive of Jesus because, you know, I'm in that business and I think about Jesus a lot. And you can kind of, when you discount Jesus, you're missing a lot. So Mm -hmm. I wanted this book to give a fresh awe of Jesus because if we have a fresh awe of Jesus, we'll be drawn toward Jesus. And if we're drawn toward him, we'll be transformed by him. And if we're transformed by him, others are going to be drawn to him as well. So Mm -hmm. um, as I think about people using this, I'd love a fresh awe of Jesus to stir in people. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for leaders to um, take this book and use it with their teams and have mm-hmm. three important conversations. Um, how can we be led more by Jesus individually and as a team and as a church or organization? How can we be led more by Jesus? The next discussion is mm-hmm. how can we lead more like Jesus mm-hmm. individually as a team and yep. as an organization. And then the third one, how can we lead more to Jesus? Me personally, like with me in the game, with our team and with our church or organization, those three conversations I, I think are critical and will produce lots of good fruit. Yeah, I love that. And I think those are, um, so a part of what struck me in this this book is uh, those are such easy to understand questions. Those are not like, Oh, like what is he talking about? But they're piercing. Those are, those are the kind of thing. If we, if we will slow down and, and actually ask that as a church and organization, uh, man, they'll make huge difference. And this book will really help guide your team through that. It will help uh, your team wrestle with those issues and, and think about hmm, what are, what, what difference should we be? Uh, you know, how, how should we be leading differently? How should we be more Jesus centered? Um, we can't overdo, uh, you know, our focus on Jesus. I remember years ago, I was in a, one of these like visioning conversations where we were like working on our vision statement, working on our mission statement. And, uh, and it was for a, a, a church and, um, our, our mission statement that we're working on actually mentioned Jesus twice in, in the, the, the sentence. And, um, someone said, 
do, do we think that's just too much Jesus in the uh, in the statement? They're like, listen, I want to be the person that's like, I, I know you. Do, it's like a crazy thing to say, uh, but do you know? Is it possible for to be do Jesus centered? And uh, uh, kind of the leader of the organization said, listen, we we can never be too focused on Christ. We can never. I love the fact that we were, and actually to this day, this that organization uh, continues to have that uh, in their statement, which I just love. Well, Arrow is uh, it's a great organization. You are doing all kinds of amazing things. You work with a lot of leaders, help leaders uh, develop. I wonder if we could get a little bit practical. Like what would be some, I don't know what to say, development hacks or tools, you know, things that you're using that you're seeing particularly helpful, uh, you know, in this season to help develop uh, leaders outside of the book. I I want people to pick up the book as well, but are there things outside of that, that um, kind of are capturing your imagination or capturing, you know, your, your teams, you know, these days? Yes, some of these I've I've recycled from other places, uh, Rich. But yeah. uh, one is looking at your team or a team member, and looking at three S words. And the three S words are safe, stretch, and stress. Okay. And, and kind of plotting, you know, where are your people in those three categories? Mm. Is this person in a safe space where? you know, they're not really challenged. They're, they could do this job with their eyes closed. They don't need to depend on God. They're, they're just, maybe they're doing, doing well, but there's nothing st- stretching them, which is the next mm. segment. And mm-hmm. that stretch zone is really, you know, I, I'm needing to learn. I'm, I'm needing to uh, depend on God. I'm, I'm, I'm growing because I'm needing to stretch beyond what is safe. Mm-hmm. And then the next S zone is, is stress. Um, mm. because if you stretch too far, um, for people, they get into this stress zone and they start, you know, manifesting symptoms of stress that, you know, make them and other people stressed mm. and, <laughs> and plotting where your people are helps you to know, uh, what's my next developmental step with this person. So if they're in the, in the safe space, how can I, what's their stretch assignment or what's their stretch learning that needs to happen to take them to the next level? If they're in the stress space, why, why are they there? Is it because, you know, volume of work? Is it because of, you know, lack of, of skill set? Is it, what, what do they need? Lack of clarity. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. begin to bring those pieces around them so they get back into the stretch zone. And sometimes you find Mm -hmm. that people in stress zone, um, you know, the fit is just not there. Um, so that kind of grid has been helpful. I love that. Oh, I love that. Well, that's, that's super helpful. And you could see even using that rubric in, you know, there are various aspects of a person's role or various aspects of what they're doing. You may be, you know, you're all in safe zone in a couple of these, but then there's some that are just way over in stress. And so, yeah, I love that. That's a great, that's helpful for sure. That's cool. Anything else? Well, I'm going to just pull it all out of you. What else you got? Yeah. What else you got? Well, another <laughs> one I, uh, my coach gave to me was uh, tic-tac-toe. And um, okay. my kids told me, you know, that's a hashtag, dad, not tic-tac-toe, but um, draw a tic-tac-toe <laughs> yes. kind of game thing on your page. Yep. And then, so do this for yourself, but I'll tell you how to use it for other people. Mm-hmm. In your, for you, to bring you at your best, can you identify some words or phrases that are you at your best professionally. So this is gifts, calling, skills, um, environment, kind of team or no team. Um, Mm -hmm. Put those words, and and we were looking for nine of them, in Mm -hmm. those nine squares of the tic-tac-toe chart. So 
Um, Rich, what would be a couple for you that you'd put in the tic-tac-toe chart? Kind of you at your best. So these best. are things, me at my best. So I, I think there there would be something around, um, you know, like problem solving. I do like the kind of like, hey, when things are, aren't great, I'm like the person that runs towards when issues aren't working well, <laughs> um, which is a good thing. You know, I think there's a communication piece that's probably at my best, like when it's trying to communicate. Um I don't know. I like talking to people about money. I don't mind raising money. Yeah. So that that's like Good a thing. Stuff. I know some people. So those would be a couple of things. Awesome. And leaders would probably be part of that too. Yep. 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 So you put those, fill it out for nine and you might need other people yep. to help you or to draw yeah, it help out. You get to nine. Yep. yep. So it's, it's calling it's skills. It's, it's what mm-hmm. like one of mine would be uh, space to process. I'm a processor mm-hmm. and it, you know, uh, I'm strategic thinker too. But if I don't have time mm-hmm. to process, uh, you're not going to get me at my best. Right. Okay. Paint the picture with those nine boxes. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it, you should go, wow, this is like God wiring me. This is like, right. this is me kind of with the throttle. You know, if I could put the throttle down on this, you know, yes. amazing things would happen. So after you've got that, the next step is to go red, yellow, green. So mm. in your current space, Mm. Would it be red for that box, meaning it's not happening? Would it be right. yellow sometimes? Would it be green? Yeah, I get to do that. Mm. And it gives you a picture, you know, of yellow, red, and green. And when when you see see yours and it's like all yellows and reds, that's why you're tired. That's why right. you're grumpy. That's why you're stressed. And no, then it, it becomes a, a question of, is can I change any of these things? Can I have a conversation? Mm-hmm. Can I delegate? Can I bring another team member on? Because mm-hmm. the, the cost of you not being at your best mm-hmm. is significant for the kingdom. Right. And absolutely wow. use the same principle with your team, because it could be that, you know, why is this, why is this uh, team member kind of not doing a great job? It might mm-hmm. be that their tic-tac-toe chart is different than the one that you want for that job. Right. And and it might be that you can figure out how to overlap. It might be Mm -hmm. actually, wow, we've got, you know, this isn't you. And that's why you're frustrated. That's why I'm frustrated. Yeah. Fine. Let's find a different box. And yeah, yeah, that's cool. I love that. That's a great, again, I could see that as a, a fantastic, um, you know, retreat scenario where away with your leaders over in a bit of an extended period of time, uh, actually, you know, drilling down on that. That's, that's fantastic. So we didn't actually, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I wonder if you could tell us, um, we just kind of breezed over who is arrow. Give us a sense of your, what arrow does your to kind of talk through your programs, how that works. You know, my experience as an outsider is arrow is, uh, you know, they're the top of the top best organization in helping uh, Christian leaders develop. Um, and so to give us a sense of how you work with with leaders. Yeah, our heartbeat is Jesus-centered leadership development. So led yep. more by, lead more like, lead more to Jesus. Um, our flagship program is the Arrow Leadership Program. And there's a stream mm-hmm. for emerging leaders 25 to 40, a stream for executive leaders who are leading an organization or part of an organization. And we really approach those two uh, programs as uh, highly personalized, highly intentional, Mm -hmm. and highly transformational. We want to see life change happen in a holistic way. So it is about your leadership. It's also about Mm -hmm. your character. It's about Mm -hmm. your spiritual life. It's about your physical health. 
Um, and mm-hmm. journeying together in a safe place. Um, that's when you're part of the Air Leadership Program, we, we intentionally create a safe but not soft environment. Because mm. leaders- Oh, I like that. Yeah, leaders, yeah, all of us need safe places, but they're actually hard to find. And mm. so we create a, a, a space where you can be vulnerable and real, uh, mm-hmm. where it's not just uh, safe. Um, uh, we don't want it to be soft. Um, mm-hmm. We don't want you just to, you know, come out the other side the same. We want you to be sharp and like iron sharpens iron. So we we do mm-hmm. assessments um, on leaders mm-hmm. to get self awareness. Um, we bring mentor coaches around you so you're one on one. What what is God trying to do in you, um, mm-hmm. and how can we be helping see that happen? Um, and then very practical in terms of personal team and organizational leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my impression, it's, I love that safe, not soft. That's my impression as an outsider. Obviously, you articulated clearer than I, I, than I did. But my impression is Arrow is, and your leaders who have been through uh, your experiences are um, come out the other end, changed people and are, um, you know, they're, uh, they are leading at a different level and that you have helped them uh, lead more like Jesus, but have, uh, you know, a, 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 a sense of internal um, clarity that they maybe didn't have before. Uh, how are you, the actual delivery mechanism, I know, you know this last year has been crazy for all organizations, how they deliver things. Is this all online? Is it face-to-face? How, what's the future look like? How is all, what does all that look like? The short for, answer for is you? yes, Rich. Um, yes. We, we <laughs> exactly. do gather leaders face-to-face. And so for yep. kind of uh, a week at a time. So on mm-hmm. the arrow journey, you'd get together um, three times over the course of 15 months or so. We also mm-hmm. have virtual um, options. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and we also have a hybrid model where some of it's virtual, some of it's face-to-face. And right. in addition to the Air Leadership Program, we have a bunch of different services, coaching leaders, performance reviews. So a lot of mm-hmm. organizations, you know, we should do that, um, but we don't have the time and the expertise, so we don't. Um, so that's, mm-hmm. so, and uh, workshops and stuff like that as well. That's cool. Well, I'd, I'd love for people to check it out. I, uh, I, I just think the world of you and I think the world of your organization. And so I, I hope more people would get uh, connected. Now you've provided us with this great tool that we're going to give. We're going to link to it in our show notes. Uh, and it's a, it's a series of great questions to kind of talk us through this tool. Uh, how do you see it uh, being helpful to folks who may be listening in today? Yeah, it's, it's called Great Questions for Leading Well. And it's a little booklet of 225 questions. There are no answers in there, but sometimes the the way to get to an answer is having a question that really helps frame where you need to go. Um, Peter Drucker said, the leader of the past is one who told, the leader of the future is the one who asks. And Mm -hmm. I think questions, you know, Jesus did it uh, wonderfully. Uh, So these are questions about you know, making major decisions, questions about uh, that you could use when you mentor somebody, questions about conflict, um, questions mm-hmm. to give you perspective. Um, mm-hmm. So there's 225 of them in there, and it's just kind of a little tool to pick up when you're in a spot going, where do we go from here? There's a question there, and love to make it available to your your listeners. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love that. I One of the... Um, I had some coaching with a, a leader. Well, that was probably ten years ago, and it one of the most helpful things that just resonated with me was exactly this. They said, "Listen, you need to stop answering so many questions. You are you cannot be the answer man in your organization. If you are, you are going to be the cap." And uh, they were pretty pretty forceful, and and that has really stuck with me over the years. 
Uh, and you know, the journey to, and this is a great tool, friends, the journey to be a great question asker has been not answerer, uh, has been definitely a part of my own, uh, journey. So I, I'd encourage you to pick that up again, just follow the link in the, in the show notes. Well, back to the book, just as we kind of come to the end, uh, where can people pick up a copy, uh, or, or a few, if they want to pick up a few for their team, where do we want to send them to, uh, to get that? Yeah, uh, Amazon. So a little company that uh, will have yes. it. <laughs> a little bookseller, yes. little, little niche bookseller. So they've got uh, you know all the different versions of it, and um, you can also visit arrowleadership.org, and we've got a store there with lots of stuff on it too. Yeah, great. So that's Jesus centered. Uh, the subtitle is focusing on Jesus in a distracted world, uh, and Steve Brown is the uh, the author. So I'd encourage you again. We we'll have links in the show notes uh, about that. Steve, I I appreciate that. Anything else you'd like to say just as we wrap up today's episode? Yeah, uh, two things. Uh, one, Rich, thank you so much for pouring into leaders with uh, amazing guests. Um, you know, over the years, and um, also just to your listeners. Thank you for leading at a time such as this. Your leadership matters, and I know it's chaotic. I know it's difficult, but your leadership matters, and please take care of yourself um, because there's so many stresses that all of us as leaders are facing. Uh, get in community and take care of yourself, and um, may the Lord bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.